Hey, I'm Dash. I'm Rosa. And you're listening to Psychic, Psychic Friends. Friends. I did close my eyes that time. I haven't been closing my yeah, eyes. I, I, I closed my eyes too. Wow. Um, so you don't have COVID. So yeah, no, I don't even, did I even bring it up on the thing? No, um, you didn't. I didn't. This all happened in between the time of our last recording. Yeah, no, I, so for the last week, I, I, I had an exposure to COVID and I was really worried I had COVID for an entire week that happened not on the podcast, but now that I don't have COVID because the test came back negative, our listeners need to know I don't have COVID. No COVID Rosa. That's what they call you. (laughs) I was worried. I was real worried too, because one day I had like bad fatigue, but I think it was just my anxiety was so high all week that my body just started shutting down. So that's yeah, hard. that's no, that happens. It's um, like, I'm I'm personally glad that you don't have COVID. Yeah, I am too. I do think that I might have an anxiety disorder, but I definitely don't have COVID. So that's yeah, little calm, little calm, baby. No, I'm um, I am glad about it. Rates are high. Stay inside, y'all. Listen to our podcast. Yeah, and- don't don't listen don't go podcast. anywhere. Don't or do anything. Yeah, stay it- stay in your home and 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 don't. Here's a trick: you shouldn't even be celebrating Thanksgiving because it's a bad holiday. It's about genocide. That's one. Yeah. Two, um, you especially should be celebrating it now because you're going to get COVID. You're either going to get COVID from your shitty relatives or you're going to give COVID to your shitty relatives. Can I tell you one thing too? I Please. Say, I have been anti-Thanksgiving for years. I yeah. have gone on the record. I dislike Thanksgiving. I think it's a stupid holiday. I do not celebrate it. When my abuela okay. was alive, I took her to the Denny's in San Luis Obispo every year, which actually is the perfect way to celebrate Thanksgiving with an old sure. Spanish woman who doesn't understand what the holiday is. Um, okay. That's, that's how you do it. But here's my thing. People always are like, oh, I understand. I hate this. I like, I don't love the holiday. I'm a woke liberal. So I know like it's genocide, Eh, but the food is so good. And I'm like, I will punch you in the face. Yeah. If you think wet meat bread is a delicious food, I can't fuck with you. I'm just, I'm. What are you calling wet meat bread? Stuffing. It's wet meat bread. And it's time. Oh yeah. No, I don't like stuffing. I've never liked stuffing. It's weird. It's weird. Here's the thing. Don't like stuffing. Very whatever about turkey. I'll tell you what I do love. Mashed potatoes and gravy. And I'll tell you what I make year-round, baby. Mashed potatoes and gravy. That's a year-round thing. You can eat that whenever. You can just have that. You don't need to celebrate a bad day for it. If you can buy the thing that you love Thanksgiving about at a Popeye's, I don't... You know what I'm saying? I don't think (laughs) you need to celebrate genocide to have a Popeye's day. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's my maybe hot that's my no nuance november is i don't i don't care like and the one thing the one thing that i like that is weird and hard to find year round is sweet potato stuff like stuff with sweet potato we only make it in the season that sweet potatoes grow i understand that but you know what's the best thing about sweet potatoes what's that you can just buy them and and not celebrate genocide you can just just (laughs) buy them i'll tell you what next time next time we all hang out whenever that is uh jules makes the best sweet potato fries like real thin crispy sweet potato fries they're extremely good i love sweet potato fries i have i have like the frozen ones that aren't like obviously as good as homemade in the fridge almost at all times sweet potato fries make me not trust normal fries here's my thing i don't like sweet potatoes as much because i don't like sweet in my food i like a salty food i don't want a sweet Mm -hmm. food sweet is for desserts 
I would eat sweet potato fries for a dessert. No cap. Maybe in like, oh, you know what? Maybe in like a, maybe in like a, like a, like a, like a Yube ice cream. You know what I mean? Or like a, maybe in like a, maybe in like a a taro. I would also, and this is going to sound crazy. What if you've somehow figured out a way to kind of like, um, like make it a sweet potato into a cookie and then you did marshmallows on top of it, like the Thanksgiving dish. No, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm I'm way into that. That sounds actually kind of good. I feel like I could make that. I don't know how, but I feel like I could. Anyway, sorry. That was my little- Yeah, we should try to make that. That was my rant about how every year I'm the thing. I'm like the Thanksgiving Scrooge. Yeah. I'm probably Jewish and I'm here to ruin your holidays. You didn't want to, you didn't want to go Grinch with that one? You wanted to go Scrooge? Um, Grinch is also, I always thought that uh, the, the Grinch was also about Jews. I think both of them oh. are about Jews. I think both of them are about. Yeah, you. what's his name? What's it? Seuss was an anti-Semite, wasn't he? He was an anti-Semite, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the Curious George people who were Jews and were racist, it's a it's a switch. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> so, you know, uh, think about. Well, it's that time again where we explain to the listeners if they're new that Rosa is Jewish, and these are jokes that she can make. Yeah. No, I think if, uh, me calling myself a Scrooge funny cool i don't celebrate christmas really i do yeah. say bah humbug all the time i'm a money grubbing little thief you say <laughs> you say it about me you're a fucking anti-semite and i'll fight you yeah that's been the that's been the and this is going to transition into some of the stuff we have to talk about today i guess i've been digging so deep into the occult um and the funny thing about digging into the occult is like you'll find like a really cool, interesting book and you'll start reading it and you'll be like, wow, this is like really interesting, thoughtful stuff. And then the person would be like, all right, let's talk about Jewish people. And you're like, oh no, (laughs) oh no. Yeah, it's weird for a thing that's all about like, like, like witches and like demons and like fae and shit is always like, and the Jews. I'm like, no. No, he's actually, I was talking to my friend Frankie about this because it's really interesting people who tend to fixate on and focus in the occult tend to be way less right-wing. But then when you get into like a lot of the cryptid hunting stuff, like Bigfoot hunters tend to be QAnon people. And there's this weird thing where like, you don't know where UFOlogists are going to fit in. Like if a UFOlogist falls more on like the cryptid line, they tend to also be more like crazy right-wingers. And then if they fall on more of the occult line, they tend to be uh, not, horrible people so it's this weird thing where like here jews are from space dash said it i didn't i didn't say that but it but it's weird because it's like wherever you start and like where you focus and where like where's your shit like it determines like yeah are you a bigfoot hunter well you probably have you probably voted wrong you know yeah they had um i saw this on tiktok a while ago it was like a comedian who um had shared a big pyramid of conspiracy theories where it's like like the base of the pyramid is like the stuff that's like kind of in reality like things like ooh, like that could happen and then the top of the pyramid it just says anti-sem anti-semitic from like without return like from a point of no return or something and i it is true if you get too far up the pyramid you start yeah um should we do our meme first or we'll do our meme we'll do our meme because and then that's how we started off when we don't talk about Wait, we hit Denny's, a cult, yeah. yes. personal stores, and Rose is a Jew 
we really hit the trifecta of all the bullshit that we start. We basically about. talked about all the stuff we have to talk about on this podcast. So we're 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 gravy from here on out. <laughs> okay, the meme. Um, Rosa, do you want to describe the picture on this meme? Okay, so at first I thought it was from a video game, but just because it's like, not that it's not. But like, no. it almost looked like video game-ish graphics and then I looked in and it was just like really weird bad painted art yes um and it is a like so it's someone dressed kind of like Huck Finn is the only way I can describe this like a like it's like a it's like a Huck Finn Tarzan combination like this is a kid in overalls but both of it's because it's not like one of the overall straps is down both of the overall straps are being worn on one side which yeah, is it's an like absolutely like bonkers a, overall configuration like a sash almost yeah. and then this little this little uh tarzan overall boy is reaching for a star like they're yeah. standing on a bench and they're reaching for a star it's just yeah. out of reach and then below uh below them there's a little kid in a dress yeah in like a little little those little uh what headbands that you have to wear when you're dressing up fancy when you're a kid you know what you're uh, yeah. talking about the little like velvet headbands with the bangs sure. a real 90s look for myself i believe as well um and they've turned the dress into like a, a basket you know you know how you can hold stuff in the front of your dress if you hold it up you can hold like berries yeah. or stones or whatever you're collecting yeah and it's a just a bunch of stars though in this little stars in there purse. so this one kid is is reaching up to grab stars and the other one is just holding them in the in the dress probably to like take them home and make a star pie i assume because it's like exactly how kids pie, would be yeah. like this would make so much sense if it was apples in this painting you yeah. know the pose is absolutely bonkers for the star reaching one like it's like very like off this little bench <laughs> this is one of those things where like you can tell the person knows how to make like they know how to do shading and they know how to do coloring but the art is so fucking bad it looks like it would be in a hallmark store on or something yeah. it looks like it would be drawn by someone whose only frame of reference for art is art in a hallmark store yeah, like if you locked a child in a Norman Rockwell bubble and made them learn how to paint to see if they would paint like Norman Rockwell, this is what would happen. Um. So, and then also on that picture, there is a water. There's a watermark yes. that just says spiritual goal. That's Which, important. My spiritual goal is having a Tarzan hand me a bunch of little stars. <laughs> that is my okay. spiritual goal. So they're correct yet again. Um, so we have a black box at the bottom with some text. Should I read it? Yeah, please May do. May you attract someone who speaks your language so you don't have to spend a lifetime translating your soul. So English. In- <laughs> yeah, you know, English and some conversational Hebrew. <laughs> English and a, te- and a little bit of Spanish for a little me. touch of Spanish, yeah. I, um... I understand that this is like your like spiritual language, but it just it does it, not specify that. It does not specify. <laughs> I also love um, the idea that if it was just like ah, I fell in love with a guy who only speaks Greek, but I only speak English. Better translate my soul. And now I have to spend a lifetime translating my soul. Or you could learn Greek, you dumb bitch. Or you could get a Duolingo. Yeah, like maybe just like. I hate, um, so a, a thing I hate in rom-coms, actually, is when people okay. fall in love with someone who do- doesn't speak the same language as, as them. Like, I feel like it's yeah. like a trope in rom-coms where it's like, huh. oh, he barely speaks Spanish. 
she barely speaks English. They're gonna fall in love on the coast of Seville. And I'm like, no, I, I hate, I'm, and for this reason, sharks, I'm out. I think it's yeah so stupid. Why would you, then you just wanna, you just think that they're hot. Don't make this yeah. into a Which is fine. Thing. You can fuck that person. Yeah, as long as you know the words for consent in the language that you don't yes. speak. Exactly, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the only one you gotta know. That's all you need to know. Is it C? Probably in my in my rom-com. But, uh, like, I'm just saying, I just think that it's a really, like, obviously, fall in love, like, I don't know. Sorry, that's just, like, the, the, the opposite of this. I no, it would be really funny if you do, like, the first like a this could be like a sketch where two people like me and they don't speak the language and they fall in love and then like you do like a you do like a montage of one of the people learning the language and the other one's like okay so jfk jr is still alive and he's coming back and like oh no oh, yeah. <laughs> i like to think that like you know like in in rom-coms they always like subtitle in and it's like you look very nice today or something and so we know that the like the the cute banter like makes sense but I like to think that it in the subtitles it's just like when they're speaking the language you don't know it's just like you know uh the Jews run the economy or something like he was always that's, saying yeah, that, just, that was that's yeah that's what I was that was the joke that I was making oh sorry I didn't Would I thought it was just after one? they learned English they got <laughs> radicalized through the Rosetta Stone <laughs> I just feel like it's no, 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 no. It's 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 funnier to me if like you meet you because you don't see the subtitles, so you don't know what they're saying. Like they're saying wow. something in French, and you're like, "Wow, French is such a beautiful language." And then when you can understand it, they're like, "Anyway, I think poaching is cool." And it's yeah. like, "Oh," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Cool. Do you still yeah. love them? No, but they're just hot. That's yeah. all I gotta say. Are there any comments on this? Um, I just want to know. Yeah, there's two. One of them is a gif of a hand holding a heart, and then another is a comment that just said, "That's a very cool picture." Which, no, it's not. It's um, actually a pretty bad picture. Sixteen shares, though. Let's see if we have any good. Not, yeah, I don't no see any. Captions. Though I do like one thing about this is the original post was shared from Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco. If you notice. Oh. oh, yeah. Huh. It's like, isn't. But imagine just like walking around. If anyone, if our listeners haven't been to Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco, like I just imagine walking around like it, a terrible crowd of tourists eating a tiny chocolate bar being like, but I have to share my memes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just someone who's like eating a very delicious but overpriced ice cream and is like, I just feel like I've spent my whole lifetime translating my soul. Yeah, and my soul says, give me more Ghirardelli. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Okay, Um, so we've sort of, we've talked about the occult and we've talked about rom-coms. And I do think that's sort of a perfect segue. We're going to... I'm going to just tell our listeners right now, we're going to try to talk about some psychic content right now in this episode, but I'm not going to guarantee that we are because Rose and I got lots to talk about otherwise. So here's the thing. First off the bat, first thing I want to talk about. First thing, here it comes. I did finally watch the Christmas one. Okay, and if you remember listeners, I said that Dash should watch, and spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen the film Last Christmas from two years ago. If you haven't seen the film Last Christmas starring the dragon one from Game of Thrones, spoilers inbound. And for some reason, Michelle Yeoh. 
She's great. And Michelle Yeoh, and they make her do a weird, thick accent that is definitely it's not, not her, her accent because it's... it fluctuates a lot through the film. It's so weird. Um, and he, oh, and Emma Thompson doing another terrible accent. There's a lot of terrible accents. Emma accent. Thompson doing a really bad accent also for some reason. I really like that it has two, like, actresses who I'm like, these are amazing, like, good actresses. These are legitimately good actresses, and why are they doing these accents? Why are they doing these Looney Tunes voices you know what I, they can't do? You know <laughs> do you know what I kind of think, too? I kind of think both of them hit the set, and, like, they signed on to this picture, and they got there, and were like, the fuck is this? And I think maybe they, like, pulled each other's side and were like, hey, you want to do really stupid accents this whole time? Like, they can't stop us. Accents that are so bad that it will take you out of the film at moments because both of them are supposed to be, like, emotional at moments. It's great. Yeah, the two mother figures of this protagonist. And the thing about the Michelle Yeoh accent that gets me is, like, it definitely had me really worried up front because, like, they put her as this business owner. Michelle Yeoh is this business owner, and she cares about the bottom line. And when you first introduce this character and she has, like, a cartoonish caricature of an accent, I'm like, oh, they're going to make her a really bad, like, stereotype of an Asian business owner. And then they don't. And then they don't. But the thing is, like... As the cartoonish version of the accent that they're making her do fades, the caricature of, like, shitty, greedy business owner that I was terrified of them using also fades, as if that is intrinsically tied to the bad accent that they were making her do. That's the accent of her soul. <laughs> she couldn't yeah. translate it anymore. Um, I, so, okay, so I told Dash to watch this movie now months ago when we were talking about a spiritual painting of George Michael because I was like, this is exactly yeah. like the movie Last Christmas. First that's of all, all, it was nothing like the movie Last Christmas, it, and that's important. It 100% was, though. So do you, do you want to explain what happens in this movie, or do you want me to explain what happens in this in the movie? movie last, in the movie Last Christmas, you meet um, Amelia Clark's character. Well, it starts off, and you see some kids you see some kids singing in a choir and one of them is one kid is singing in the choir. And then this character's sister is in the pews making flirty eyes at another child in the choir. So immediately like, all right, good singer. One kid is good singer. One kid is gay. They've laid the groundwork for these characters. Got it. Um, it also randomly says it's in the Czech Republic and that will come back later. Sure. At the oh. Fast forward to many years from then. Amelia Clark is the kid who is a singer. She is getting drunk all the time and she's sleeping with lots of guys, which personally I think is very cool. But the film paints this as a bad thing. The film is like, no, it's bad that she's sleeping with all these guys. The film is like, we hate her for this. And I'm like, ah, actually, I think she's fine. I think she's- We hate her for sleeping with lots of guys and for eating junk food. Two things the film takes a real weird moral stance on Amelia <laughs> Clark like, doing. You can't be happy if you eat junk food and have sex Great. yeah and so we meet we meet this character and she's like i just moved out of my apartment they don't tell us why just that she just moved out of her apartment and she's got a big audition and she works at a christmas year round store which like <laughs> sure i her working at a christmas year round store in like the middle of london is such a weird yep everything about the movie necessary thing to add in but then you don't have a great cameo by michelle Yeoh doing a terrible uh terrible fake terrible accent. caricature yeah that she drops after literally the only scene yeah drops the bad accent okay anyway um amelia clark goes to this audition she's late because she's a real fuck up and she fucks up everything she gets she arrives at this audition late um she 
does very badly at it. And her whole thing is she's a great singer and she believes in herself and her ability to sing. She gets up to sing and she does like a weird stilted song from The Sound of Music and she does a bad job and it's bad. Also, for and you're song, like, it's all okay, supposed to be George Michael music. They even say on the poster for this movie with the music of George Michael, like there's so much George Michael music in this, but her first audition, she, instead of doing a George Michael song, does a weird weird sound of music thing for out and then also and then also she with the first guy she sleeps with who ends up being married and then it's like a whole like oh whoopsie slept with the married guy and he's not portrayed as the bad guy here which is insane um he's definitely the bad guy he's the bad guy um they're in bed and she's just like i'm a great singer and i love george michael my whole thing is being all about george michael george michael's my guy and then she never mentions it again in the whole movie it does not come up she mentions once liking George Michael and you're like, you could tell the script was like pitched as like, all right, this is a movie all with George Michael music. Our protagonist is a girl who loves George Michael. And then they got to the end of it and they're like, oh shit, we forgot to write in the George Michael thing. <laughs> and she just like says once at the beginning of the movie, George Michael's my whole thing. And that's it. That's the only, that's the only thing. Yeah. So she biffs this audition really bad. And um, at work, her boss meets this weird German guy and immediately like falls in love with this German guy hey, who also loves name? Christmas. Uh, well, so she calls her boss Santa Claus, but her boss has like an actual name. Her boss has an actual name, which I forget. And the whole gimmick is that because she has an Asian name, she can't go by that name. She has to go by different names based on where she's working. So like when she was at a bakery, she called herself Cookie. And now at a Santa Claus store, she calls herself Santa Claus. <laughs> so Santa Claus. It's just such a weird, unnecessary. And our protagonist is surprised when she learns that this person's actual name is not Santa Claus. It's making me think our protagonist is a dumb shit. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just, like, imagine being like, oh, I thought this woman's actual name was Santa. Yeah, it's a scene from the movie that we're discussing right now. What? So, in... Okay, so our protagonist meets a guy, and I was like, okay, cool. Romantically, it is an Asian guy. That very seldom happens in movies. That's cool. And he's this, like, free spirit, flies by the seat of his pants, sort of like, I don't even have a cell phone. I look up all the time. You never look up because you're on your cell phone, which is, like, some, like, weird bullshit boomer Boomer nonsense. It's a boomer. This is a a man who speaks almost entirely in boomer memes. (laughs) Yeah, even like there's a point where there's a point where um, our protagonist is like, I'm homeless. I don't have a place to stay. And he's like, oh, we'll come to the shelter. I volunteer. And she's like, I'm too good for homeless shelters. I could actually stay with my parents. I just don't want to. And it's very like boomers created this scenario because like, here's the reality of it. Lots of people actually aren't safe at home and can't go stay with their parents and are homeless because of that. And but it's, you know, a boomer's like, oh, you know, these people just don't want to. And we learned because of this movie, which is clearly written by boomers that like, yeah, her family's fine. Like her mom sucks, but it's not like unsafe for her or anything. But it is definitely making fun of people who like, there's people who literally can't go home and to like make fun of that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, also, he's just like, cell phones, not noticing the sky. Like, (laughs) I have to say, he is a hot enough person to make that work. But if they had cast this literally any differently, I don't, (laughs) 
I would have been like, what is this about? Because like, you kind of were just like, ah, he's hot. I'll let this one yeah. go for a little bit. But I, if they had just gotten a slightly uglier actor, I would have been out in like minute five, I feel like. Yeah. So the whole thing happens and like, Amelia Clark starts putting her life back together and she like starts forgiving her parents who do suck and that's fine. There's also like a weird thing where like she decides she wants to be called Kate and no one in her life respects that her name is she wants to be Kate instead of Katerina and which is like her Czech Republic name and then by the end of it as she's grown she decides I am Katerina which like no fuck you people can change their names it should be everyone around them respecting the name change not fucking saying like oh you know what I guess my birth name is more legitimate because that sucks also or you could have just been changing your name for your job and I guess people respect that though if you just are like I'm Santa If that's yeah. not a weird thing. Everyone's like, ah, yeah, she just keeps changing her name because she works at a holiday store now. Yeah. And yet being like, actually, I would prefer to be called Kate. It's like, oh, Mrs. Big Shot. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's a much stranger side of this story <laughs> happening in the same year. Anyway, so she like falls in love with, she falls in love with a hot guy and he gives her this whole talk about, like, you can't count on me. And she thinks, oh, I can't count on you because you don't want to commit. And she gets angry. And meanwhile, she's, like, starting to eat healthy foods instead of McDonald's. And this is shown as, like, a sign of character growth, which is stupid. And she starts organizing for the homeless shelter, like, a talent show for... Because you know those homeless center talent shows, you always, you always And you know, what I, you know what people always say is, I don't think... I don't think people should just give to the homeless out of the kindness of their hearts. I think we should make them dance for it because that is sort of, that is sort of the moral of this is like, Hey, you don't have to give to the homeless, make them work for it. Like a fucking monster person. Yeah. Why? Like I also, and it's not shown in the movie, but I guarantee you one of those homeless people did stand up comedy and I would have, I just want to know what, the audience well it's well here's what makes me upset is like the reason you let kids do talent shows you let children do talent shows because they want to pretend that they can perform and that's fine talent shows are bad and they're expressed they're for children if you make adults do a talent show so that you give them money you're a cruel monster you're a cruel monster (laughs) if you're like all right person in need i'll consider throwing some money away but first show me a trick Have you done any sleight of hand magic? You should do that on a stage so people will help you. Yeah. I, terrible. It made worse by the fact that literally one of the things that they have a person do to get into the talent show to audition for it is they make a person who lost legs, a person with no legs, they make them ride across the stage on a skateboard, which honestly just seems cruel. Like, sure, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's people who are missing limbs and they're athletes and skateboarders and they're having fun and that's great. But if you're, if the context of this is, hey, if you want people to give you money, I'm going to need you to do a cool skateboard trick, amputee person. That's actually very bad. It's so wild, this film. Every moment is... Anyway, but we should get to the, the big wild moments because there's a lot of small wild moments in this film. So Emily Clark or Amelia Clark, whatever the fuck her name is, shows up at the guy's apartment that he had previously let her into. That's an important detail that he did at one point. Did they actually unlock the apartment and let her in? 
she slept there. They did not have sex, but she did sleep no, in that she apartment. Slept there. They did a big kiss and she slept there. Yeah, she's been um, in this apartment for like at least eight hours. That's all I'm saying. So she shows up to it to talk to him and there's like a weird mousy person in there and the person's like, I'm a realtor and this and this. And she finds the cell phone in the cupboard, which is where he said the cell phone would be. He's like, I put my cell phone in a cupboard and it's there. And she's like, oh my God, just like you said, cell phone in the cupboard. And they have a whole conversation and realtor guy's like, oh, a a person living here? Why? The last person living here died. (laughs) And then there's this flashback where she realizes like, oh my God, he's been a ghost this whole time. And he's the guy whose heart is in. Oh, I forgot. They took out her heart. She yeah, had, she a, had a heart transplant the Christmas before, the year before. Yeah, last Christmas, Christmas. Last Christmas, they took out her heart, if you yeah. will. And and her whole thing has been like, after they took out my heart, I haven't felt like the same person, and that's what made me have sex and eat junk food was my new heart. And be bad at my Christmas store job because I used be to be bad at, at my Christmas. Yeah, I used to be job. good at retail, and now I'm bad at retail, and it has everything to do with my new bad heart, and not the fact that retail is a soul crushing, horrible thing to do. Anyways, she finds out that he got hit by a car while he was on his bicycle while his phone was at home, and so they rushed him to the hospital, and then he was a vegetable so they took out his heart they took out this man's heart and put it in her and now she's being haunted by the angel of the man whose heart she stole last christmas he gave her her heart think about and she it she threw it away and now and she threw it away by eating fast food and having sex <laughs> and now he's come to rehabilitate her into a good person who loves her abusive family and doesn't have sex and eats vegetables and, and the moral of this story homeless shelter kind of but actually isn't helpful is actually a a, a cruel cruel lady <laughs> yeah it's the movie's bad but um, you see when someone was like, I'm channeling George Michael, I was like, ah, like la- the film Last Christmas. Absolutely not. No, the the tangential connection. To, I will say, no, here's what I'll say. This, that is as connected to this movie as this movie is about George Michael in that it actually isn't. And that it's mentioned okay. once. But this also has to do with an angel who comes back to give you messages about how to live your life, much like the George Michael was doing to that lady who painted George no, Michael. No, the George Michael was just, the George, the George Michael, if you remember, the George Michael angel was telling this lady secrets about George Michael's family. Nothing about how to live her life. That would be like if in this movie, the hot Asian guy showed up and was like, let me tell you some shit about my family. And the clerk was like, who are you? And he's like, yeah, so my sister's full of shit and you need to know that? Arguably, that would have made just as much sense as this movie. Yeah, it would have made it would have made just as much sense as you saying this movie had anything to do other than a very superficial George Michael connection. And a ghost who comes or an angel who comes back who is George Michael related. Angel George Michael is the close George Michael angel. But George Michael's not even in this one. It's just it's, it's just oh, kind of his music. It's based on a bad reading of one George Michael lyric, I think is what we should say. Yeah, no, again, this movie has nothing to do with George Michael and even less to do George with Michael. the post that you're even less to do with the post that you're talking about. 
Okay, um, well, I just made Dash watch something for no reason then. I no, get- I mean, I enjoyed it. It was bad and enjoyable. It was a fucking, it was an absolutely bonkers movie. Uh, we <laughs> learned that Mich- Michelle Michelle Yeoh's character, by the way, Michelle Yeoh's character, by the way, falls in love with a German man. And she's like, I love this guy. And he loves Christmas too, just like me. And protagonist is like, what's he into? And Michelle Yeoh's like, like, sauerkraut. And I don't give a shit about sauerkraut and I don't like it, but I'm going to pretend to like it for the rest of my life. And it's like, that's not good. That's not good or cool. That sucks. Also imagine the one thing, like, hey, I met this nicer, older German man. What's he into? Sauerkraut. (laughs) Okay, what else does he like? Nothing. That's about it. That's all we've talked about. Sauerkraut and Christmas. Yeah, two things that also could go together. There's nothing stopping those two things from happening at no, the same They're time. not intrinsically connected or disconnected, but just like the idea of like, well, now I'm in love, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make my whole life about sauerkraut. It's like that's actually a really bad and codependent way to do it. Yeah, actually, do just have a nice little day in your shop. Yeah, I. So did here's not the reason see- I find. Go ahead. I did not see any twist coming in this movie. Um, I no. usually am really good at catching twists. Like I'm like one of those people who's like, ah, that's probably what's going to happen. It took totally me- no same. This one I was like, what? Well, so here's and here's the thing about it. If you cut off the second half of this movie and replace it with a more traditional like rom com ending, it doesn't change the film. Nothing about this. Tw- they didn't lay the groundwork for this twist at all and they try to pretend that they did and they give her like a tyler durden flashback sequence of all the times they were together and just be like wow it does make sense and literally none of them imply that there wasn't a second person all of them are just like times when they were near each other and it's like oh okay i think it's kind Uh, of like um like the sixth sense like you know like the moments that it flashes back when they he finds out he's a ghost in the sixth sense and it's like he couldn't open the door and stuff but this one would actually and like he wasn't actually talking to his wife or they kind of tried to do that but they didn't none of those scenes actually made sense exactly so it doesn't make it's like it's such a weird thing to do the so i was betting money on that we find out that uh the michelle yeo character was his mom or something i I had guessed that too i had guessed that too because i was like this is the level of racism that i expect from this movie and that the only two asian people in it do have to be related I a little bit later on, my guess was like, oh, maybe he like is a homeless person and they're going to do a whole thing with that where he was like, you know, that's the reason he doesn't have a cell phone and we're going to have to, Emilia Clark's going to have to grow from her judging homeless people to being like, I fell in love with this homeless man and like, this is a romance and this is an acceptable thing, which would have actually potentially been interesting and progressive. Yeah. I thought it was- uh, but instead- I thought the Santa was going to be his mom because those are also the two actors that they had as a mom and son in Crazy Rich Asians. And I'm just- Oh, a, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the same two actors. So I was like, ah, that's that's like, um, that could be it. Anyway, he was a ghost. He was a ghost. Though. I think he was an angel. I think he's supposed to be an angel. I don't think he's supposed to be a ghost. He's a Christmas angel. People don't get to become angels. I think in this movie, he's supposed to be an angel. I don't like it. Anyway- Dash, the only reason I got Dash to watch this terrible movie was because I I was going to watch it eventually. I promised to watch two seasons of a, um, of a cryptid, a cult. Of a much better show. Okay, however, I gotta say, 
Well, I'm very much enjoying it. So the show is named Hellier. Both seasons are on both YouTube and Amazon Prime. So if you're looking for, it's the first season is only five episodes. And then the second season is 10 episodes. And I'm not fully done with the second season, but I am working on it. And I will give you updates. Um, I have to say. Okay. It's, I have to make fun of it. I don't know. You seem to just be all in no make fun of good show. I have to make fun of this show. Okay, please. Well, I don't know if you want to start by, I want you to like lay the ground. No, you explain it. I explained, I explained your, your one. Okay. So we have, so the show, it follows a team kind of a, a, well, they become a team like throughout the show, but a couple of people who have known each other for years from the ghost. There's like a husband wife duo. And then there's other people who do ghost stuff together. And there's like a, yeah. So there's these kind of like loose collection of people who do become like kind of a team um who are ghost hunters and cryptid hunters and like they started mostly in ghost hunting and the um the wife character or the wife is like a this is a this is a documentary the the wife is like a a, a occultist witch so there's these people are all like very very into um like you know looking looking for that's their whole thing like they run a paranormal museum they make yeah, yeah yeah so they're kind of like um so these they get an email. I think that's how it starts, right? They get an, yes, email, they get an email about uh, from a guy claiming there are goblins in his backyard, um, yeah. in a in a small town in Kentucky named Hellier, which is a very cool name for a town that might have demons or goblins or something in it. So yes. this little town. So like, pretty much, they get a second e- email sometime later, like. That has like well, they like they ask him. They ask him for evidence. They're like, "Hey, yeah, we'd love to come, but like, we can't just come because someone emailed us." What's weird is that the email went to his like the husband's defunct teenage ghost hunting website that like he and his dumb friends made when they were like kids, and like he hasn't been active on for years. And that's where the email went to. This like, why would you email this? Why would you email this? Which I kind of understand if you're just like I. So a, a big thing with these people is a lot of times they're like it's too weird not to do this thing. Like their whole thing is like synchronicities where like things. Well, no, but it totally is too weird not to do it. Like literally the email is like, Hey, this guy, Terry, our wrist told me to email you his friend. He told me about, and that's why I'm reaching out to you on this defunct ghost hunting website. I do think if you probably Google this man, this defunct ghost hunting website probably still comes up is what I'm saying. So that was the Terry, our wrist stuff I think is much, much weirder right like they're like wow it's crazy that this email came here i'm like no i get i have a forbes like email like you can find my email really easily for my forbes profile but people go to my random have like email me random ass places all the time i'm like yeah that doesn't really like people go through my website people go through like old emails of mine sometimes sure well no but just the fact that terry our wrist supposedly told this first email guy to contact his friend who's not his friend that's and this is part of the weirdness But, yeah. but that's why I kind of make fun of this show because they'll be like, they'll pick up on something where I'm like, that's not weird at all. And they'll be like, wow, that's weird. I'm like, there's actual weird stuff happening here. Why are you focusing on this? But anyway, the Terry R. Wrist stuff is weird. They track down like a mention of Terry Wrist in an old occultist book where it's about him and a cipher. It's and it's, it's, an it's the secret cipher of the euphonauts. It's someone who basically there's a guy named Alan H. Greenfield who I now follow on Twitter. Turns out he's a big fan of pro wrestling too. Very exciting. 
Big stuff. Alan H. Greenfield uh, wrote something called The Secret Cipher of the Yuvenauts, and it's about a secret code that, or a, a sort of a, a coded way of speaking that ultra-terrestrials and, like, space people have been using that connects to Aleister Crowley and the, the gray alien that Aleister Crowley allegedly made contact with. Al, uh, uh, Aleister Crowley is the sort of, like, a, one of the early, early, like, really interesting Satanist people um magic user at the very least um and that there's a code that a lot of these sort of these space or or extra dimensional beings use and the secret side for the euthanon is how that code has been cracked and since it was cracked they don't use it anymore but you can still use it to decode like older transmissions and stuff so yeah and i haven't read any any book that they mention in this so i i assume the books makes sense you know i'm like i'm i'm fine with just like yeah there's a secret cipher and like they figured out how to use it i don't know where you know good fine i'm fine with that so pretty much they get they're like oh shit like this guy like terry our wrist is like an important clue because this the person who had deep or goblins in their backyard like mentions him yeah knows about it yeah so they pretty much, and I th- I'm going to skip over a little bit of stuff, but we'll probably come back yeah, to it yeah. because they also skip over stuff and then they come back to it way later and sometimes I have totally. to rewind and be like, where was this from? So they are doing a different thing on this mountain in Kentucky that's like, I guess, pretty close to Hellier. They're shooting like, so at first they're shooting a, like a different video for like a like a like a promo video for a so that those are these are two these are two different ones so the one that they were shooting on that mountain was they were trying to and they they go deeper trying to get abducted by aliens that's the thing so and they go far deeper into that in the season two in a really interesting way so they they first but don't they do the first one first be in the little girl says they've seen i think the the first one is the promo and then they like they're like oh that's weird. as long as they're they're, they're just two different i don't remember the, the temporality okay, of it but yeah. yeah there's there's two one of them they're like shooting a promo and a little girl comes up to them and is like i've 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 seen goblins and then the second one is they are on a, a mountain um and they're trying to get abducted by aliens they're doing like an abduction experiment that doesn't work but um but in that one, they go into a cave. They go into a cave that they think is like a secret entrance to a space base. And literally, as soon as they get back from the cave, they get an email from Terry that is from Terry Arist, this character who, if you Google Terry, at least now, if you Google it, obviously this show comes up. But back then, if you Google, if you try to look up Terry Arist, the only reference to him was an interview that he did with the author of Secret Star for the Euphonauts, where he talks about how his whole thing was him and a bunch of other Vietnam vets would show up to alien space bases and just like kill aliens. And that when he was fighting in Vietnam, he interacted with these like underground aliens. And now that's his whole thing. And so like the only reference to Terry Arist that existed before the show. Now, obviously there's a bunch of it on the internet because people are like, I love the show and I'm going to pretend to be Terry Arist. But um, this Terry Arist character, who is the person who, supposedly told the person to contact them and then emails them afterwards is connected to ufology in that way uh terry arist emails and says like why did you stop you were so close and then a bunch of other cryptic bullshit yeah bunch of bunch of cryptic the black and the ink and the the, bunch of cryptic stuff and so then they go down sometime later to hellier to decide to like look because they 
tried to email back both of these original emails, both David and Terry Arrist, um, and ni- neither of them are responding anymore. Right. They've, they've ceased all communication. So the team goes down to Hellier to like try to see if they can find where David was talking about because he, in his emails, they said uh, that there were these goblins that came out of mine shafts um like old abandoned mine shafts like from outside of the earth and they did a bunch of plotting where like all the like a lot of the times people say they've seen alien like the great the classic gray alien has been close to mine shafts in this same there's like like a whole thing called the mammoth cave system and it spans like all of kentucky and it connects all the places people have seen not just gray aliens but a lot of like bigfoot sightings and giant flying creatures it also aligns very perfectly with the 37th parallel so like pretty much they're like it has to be all connected to this like cave system through kentucky and tennessee and like we're gonna like go down there we're gonna like try to find david's house to like see where the caves are and all this totally they go down to hellier which is like a very small town with like yeah pretty much they treat the people there like they're freaking bumpkins um no i mean they are i mean they are don't get me wrong they it's a small town in kentucky but they're like wow there's only a gas station and that's where everyone hangs out and i'm like yes, this is a small town that you've come to. What are you talking about? They're like, what yeah. a weird place. I'm like, no, that's, have you been to small towns, my guys? <laughs> I'm like, what are you? Small, like, no, small towns suck. Like, Yeah, leave them. Anyway, but so they go down there and like they ask a bunch of people like if they've seen anything and they kind of go back and forth because sometimes they're like, no one knows anything. And then like a bunch of people actually do help them and they're like, nobody knows anything here. And I'm like, those people are helping you. Well, no. So what they what they talk more about is that people are all people open up with like, oh yeah, I don't nothing weird happens here, and then you talk to them for fifteen minutes and they're like, I did see Bigfoot once, and how like the whole thing is like people are the first people's first reaction is like, yeah, I don't know anything. I've never seen anything weird. But then if you dig for like ten minutes and talking, they're like, oh yeah, no, there's a there's a UFO that hovered over this place for forty five minutes and we just looked at it the whole time. So, like, it's not about no one helping. It's about, like, people seem like they don't want to help, and then, but they actually, if you dig, there's actually shit there. Yeah. I just, it, it was very strange to me because they keep being, like, there's no leads. I'm, like, people are telling you, like, about, like, footprints and, like, are being very helpful about, like, what, like, because David had sent them photos of, like, these, like, very creepy-looking, like, footprints in a slurry, yeah. which is, like, a very specific mining totally. thing. Yeah. And, like, so there's these, like, guys who are like yeah we can we know where all the slurry is and there's another guy who's like yeah i know where all the caves are like i'll help you with caves and they're like wow just the one guy he really bugs me where he's like yeah people were just like it was hard going down there because we had these leads and then no follow-ups and i'm like there's all these people who are like very willing to help you you asshole anyway sorry i don't like the main guy i'm but that i digress but they have um so they go down there and they like can't they go down there twice I believe. Okay. And one time they think they find David's house just because it looks kind of like what David's house might be. And then oh. they lose it the second time and they're like... Stay, that's explained later in season two. It's going to blow your fucking mind. Or it okay. might not because you're an asshole. But it's, it's, I, it's no, very I'm, cool. I'm enjoying the show. I just every... I have to take, I think, everything they say with like, just like a touch of skepticism. And I don't want... No, you should be skeptical about all this stuff. Like it's, it's good to be skeptical. It's skeptical. There's, I also yeah. just, a lot of the things I'm not even skeptical about, I would just do it so differently than what they're doing. And I think that sure. they are kind of bad at their jobs. <laughs> like, I think that all of them are just like, and like some of the stuff they do is really cool. Like they use a, um, 
a spirit box, which we'll get into like some of the things they do, which I'm like, oh, that was like yeah. actually really cool. Um, yeah, and they go, rules. they go into the caves, which at one point, which is like super cool. And I love all their like, they try to find David by like digging through like county records and they can't find him. And, yeah. But then every once in a while, they're just like, they just well so like sometimes they spend okay so they spend 45 minutes being like oh my god how could you bounce email signals how could anyone do that it's like what's called a vpn and literally anyone can do it like then when they find when they talk to a tech guy and it's like oh yeah like it's a vpn they're like wow this guy must know a million things about computers like this guy must be like a computer genius and i'm like no actually you could just get a vpn for money yeah, I. <laughs> Although I, I will say this, I will say this in terms of like computer genius stuff, the stuff that you learn later about Terry Wrist in some of the interviews in season two, yeah. uh, he is apparently a very like computery sort of person in a really which cool, is, interesting way. Which is fine, but they talk for like forty-five minutes that they're like. In it's just, way too long about the emails. Yeah, about these emails, and I'm just like, okay, guys, okay. Here's the thing: you can personally have those feelings, but you should have, when going through the production of making this very well-produced show, I should say this show has Done like some research, yeah. Just like, Absolutely. or literally, just like talk to the person who's editing your videos because they probably yeah. know how to use a computer and just be like, "Well, no, that's that's Carl edits the videos, and he oh, also no. doesn't understand the VPN stuff apparently." Okay, well, Carl's a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, Carl has always been a fucking idiot. He adds nothing. No, to no, the Carl movie. rules. Carl's great. Carl contributes a lot to the show. Uh, oh, he contributes a lot to the show. I don't think he's good at ghost hunting or cryptid hunting or whatever they're trying to do. He is a man with okay. a camera who yes. is there. <laughs> I like Carl. Else is like doing so much. And he's yeah. just like, got a camera. And to the point, and like, I really, part of it is like, okay, so there's this one point where they're doing a spirit box section, session, which is really cool that you take this box. By the way, spirit box. So the spirit box is the thing that waffles through unused radio frequencies and sort of in between radio frequencies. Um, the idea of a spirit box, a lot of times is you plug it into a speaker and you can hear voices and stuff. The team does a thing called the Estes method where one person puts on a blindfold and big noise canceling headphones and just pumps the spirit box stuff into their head. And then someone near them asks questions that they can't hear because they're in the noise canceling headphones. And you see if the answers that they're channeling from the spirit box actually line up with the questions being asked. I did purchase a spirit box. Rosa and I are going to do a Estes session uh, thing for an upcoming episode of Psychic Friends. Yeah. It's going to happen. Gonna, Get ready. It's going to give you probably real BuzzFeed on unsolved energy because I'm going to be screaming in fright the whole time. But I am very excited for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, so they do this session and a thing which I think like is very cool about it is like some of it is really dead on, like some things that they're like really like sound like he's answering. However, yeah. in other times it's just nonsense. And I'm like, well, if it's 50-50, yeah. you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. But they sure. do no, of course. It with a grain no. of salt. They're like, this was the best spirit box we've ever done. And I was like, 50% seems a low bar for best spirit box you've ever done but i understand it's the supernatural you're not going to get perfect. i thought the god the god helmet one was a lot more sort of a lot more like lined up lined up yeah but so anyway they're doing this and at one point they're like the the guy who uh, con is it connor who's doing the channeling yeah connor yeah. is usually wearing the spirit the stuff. yeah connor is doing the channeling and he's like 48 minutes and they're like have we been doing this for 48 minutes like have we been doing this for 48 minutes like someone check the tape they, yeah something else comes up later in like a different episode to be 48 minutes and they all freak out and i'm like yeah okay here's how you make that cool you do you don't say stop the tape is it 48 minutes because it wasn't obviously because they don't say it but like sure. 
later they're like, this is cool. I'm like, okay, guys, this would have been so much cooler if you were just like, hey, what's 48 minutes? Because someone says that in the like two minute thing, they talk about 48 minutes that goes nowhere except for something way later, not related to what they were thinking. Just like, I'm just like, just these little touches can make it make so much more See, but sense. No, but it, it's, it's, it's better this way because the whole sort of premise of it is these, these pieces that don't make sense at the time. And then when you sort of scope out, there's a thing in season two that Car, uh, Carl shows with like lines, the, the, the straight lines you can draw through all of these events that you're like, this is not a thing I would have figured out earlier, but having come to it. And that's the sort of the idea of the synchronicities that I think is really, really cool. Um, I would recommend, I would because we've been on for an hour, so we probably should wrap up. Forty-five minutes of this episode was last Christmas, and now fifteen to twenty minutes of it is is Hellier. Um, I think everyone should watch Hellier. It fucking rules. There's a lot of weird synchronicities. I'm going to tell you about the synchronicity that I had. So synchronicity, by the way, is a coincidence that is especially meaningful to one or more parties in the coincidence. Um, which is an I've, which is a Carl Jung like term. I'm sorry. Did you just say Jung? How do you say, is it Jung? 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 Yeah. All right. It's a car. I've, right. I've never pronounced one name right on this show. Don't make me That's true. Out. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'll try. Yeah. I'll be better. But okay. I, I do think they're taking it a little bit out of context with what they have mapped onto a synchronicity. But it it's a cool idea in Hellier, which I actually, I did like the synchronicity thing. So the whole sort of the whole premise of it is that it's not it's not that this is like a set of goblins or the Mothman or whatever. The whole idea is there is something great. Like you, you people, there are people who measure synchronicities as a means of paranormal um, communication. That if you are if you are receiving things in your life that are especially like meaningful, that seem like how could this co- coincidence possibly happen at this moment in my life? that it's potential that that is a way that something out there is communicating with you or trying to make contact. I've had, I've had moments where I've literally, I've, I've said, maybe for me talking about this, I've, I've felt like God is talking to me. There's one specific moment where I was like, I had been sober for like maybe a year or two. So I was still not completely like, you know, it's hard. Sobriety is whatever. And I was, uh, I had a lot of religious people in my life and I was struggling with like the sort of the religious conception of queerness and feeling like uncomfortable, both with the sort of the, the, I was going to a church and the church I was in was like revealing itself to be like very anti-gay, even if it had sort of pretended not to be up front. And I was struggling with that and struggling with a bunch of other stuff in my life and just having a really bad time. And I was walking through the mission. I was watching through the mission district of San Francisco, passing all the bars that I was like, I could walk into this bar and get cocaine so easily. Like, it would be so easy. I understand how it works. And I was like struggling with that. I was just walking sort of aimlessly. And I turned a corner and I ran into literally the first guy that I ever kissed. And I hadn't seen him in years. I hadn't seen him in years. And I was like, oh my God, Uh, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I moved away. And um, he's like, you know, it's really funny. After we stopped hanging out, I actually got sober and I've been sober for this amount of time and my life is so much better. And he just gave me this like glowing review of sobriety. And at the same time was the first, the first like gay experience I had ever had in my life. And it was this like perfect. And then you could say, yeah, that's a coincidence. That just happened to happen. And maybe it is, but it felt so pointed. It felt sometimes someone will pop up and be exactly the person that you have to hear from or talk to in your life. 
And it's like, this person doesn't even live in the state anymore. This person just happened to be visiting the state on the street that I was in at this moment. And you could say, you know, it's a coincidence, whatever. Or you could say that it feels to me like a synchronicity because it's like, that's exactly the person that I needed to talk to at that moment. Yeah, and this is, I think, the big the the difference of why it's like ah, Rosa sucks ass for not liking Hellier. I think synchronicities exist. I'm actually pro synchronicity. It's sure. just some of the things that they choose to call a synchronicity. Well, so but no, but that's and that's that's what I was getting at though. There there are these things that are pointed, and it's it's to the point where it's it's almost playful how it how it's done. It's playful to the point where like there are two things. There's a thing that happens in season two with balloons that like it's silly. They seem silly, but that's sort of the point of it. The point of it is like when you connect all of these dots and you put these things together and you're like, there are too many silly coincidences for them to all just be coincidences. Yeah. Which I, I agree with on, I agree with a lot of their things where it's like, Oh, that is cool. Like, wow. But I also think that part of the reason why this show will make you watch every single episode is they, they do give you like a little tassel like of more information. Oh yeah. Every time. However, why this show is maddening at moments is like, so like at that 48 minute call where they're like, wow, that call was 48 minutes. They were like, yeah, this friend of mine has like a book of like important information that you would need. Um, he, he's like, he put together this amazing book of information that would really help your search. And then um, they're like, ah, cool. And then they hang up and they're like, wow, that was 48 minutes. And it's like, okay, cool. That's a cool synchronicity. So um, what happened with the book? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't hear about the book for, and maybe you hear about it at some point in season two, but it, it's been four episodes since that for book. For later episodes, up, yeah. If, if not more, and it's, I think a lot of times stuff like that is because they pursued the lead and they found out like, oh, there actually wasn't anything there. And they're like, well, we're just not going to cover it then. I think I, yeah, that's my but- guess. And that's the thing that I like about it is like, I think I like the earnestness of that because there's a lot of things that they get really excited about that don't pan out. And the fact that they don't pan out makes it seem like, this doesn't seem like a thing that these people staged. This seems genuine, genuinely like these people are documenting their progress and yeah. doing their absolute best because i feel like if it were staged all of those little ends you know what i mean like all of those little loose ends would be like oh and by the way that was this thing and it's like oh yeah I oh yeah no that was nothing one thing i will say about this is i think a lot of like ghost shows and stuff are staged i don't think this is staged at all yeah totally because, um it doesn't there's so many things that you're like okay, yeah well, that don't get tied up that yeah. don't get tied up that it's like but it's really funny because some leads you see them run into the ground to nowhere and then other leads obviously they just did it all off screen and just forgot to like mention that they did it yeah yeah, so it's a really weird watch because you're like oh cool so like what was in that book and they're like ah it's nothing and i'm then well then why did the synchronicity of 48 happen there like maybe there is something are you sure no no no. see you're you're they 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 talk about this in like the third to last or second to last episode there's a whole thing where they actually talk to alan greenfield the author of the secret cipher of the euphonauts like they talk to him and he has this whole thing about it. And I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you, but like he explains why these are valuable things regardless, even if they don't pan out the synchronicity in itself is meaningful, even if it doesn't lead you to a specific spot. And yeah, no. And I, and I don't need the sync. I really don't need the synchronicities all to lead to a certain spot. I actually don't like, I don't, I don't think that would change my perception of it, but it is a little funny watching people freak out about like, Oh my God, this is like a big important moment for us and then it's like with a lead to nowhere that you'll never hear about again and i'm like okay um 
No, this, but that that they they were gonna. I'll I'll say before we sign off. I'll say the the ones that I had for this show because I've had a synchronous two synchronicities with this show. Okay. Number one, um, number one, uh, Connor sees a vision of a tin can during his SS method thing, mm-hmm. and later in like the, the finale of season one, they find like a physical actual tin can, um, a visual physical actual tin can in the thing, and it's like oh wow, and then like that actually connects further into some stuff that well they uh, find the- that. They find a, a Connor like makes a joke like I'm sure in some like old book there was like an interview about someone becoming with a tin, tin can, can or something moving a tin can with their mind and then they do find in a book um, they literally do a, yeah. literally that same story of someone moving a tin can with their mind or whatever. well it's not that someone was a tin can it's that some there are you're told like ultra it's like it's like oh yeah ultra terrestrials can literally be in the form of a tin can it mentions yeah. that now here's how that connects to me i have a tattoo of a tin can literally on my shoulder and that looks exactly like the tin can they found in the show and it's also is based on space because this is a david bowie reference tin can tattoo so like space alien tin can space travel tin can that's a small like oh that's sort of fun here's the big one though yeah i that's paused it does not look like the same tin can thing it does like it. no it does the one that they find in the show that's all dinged up like this one yeah but that's a wide mouth it's a really weird looking tin can that i wouldn't even call a can that they find on the show yours looks like a tin can i do think it's crazy that you have a tin can tattoo i just like a, a space a space travel a space, tin can yeah tattoo. no i think that's yeah. a cool actual synchronicity but you can't say it looks the same it's just they are both they look this they're like they're dinged up in the same way no they they're are. like fold they're folded rewatch the thing and they're folded anyway that's not the big one yours is the big one is a different type of cam but that's fine whatever the big one is, finish season one of Hellier, pause the show because I had to record an episode of my very silly YouTube professional wrestling show. Uh, I, I'm recording the episode. Literally, I'm like, I'm pausing season, I finished season one, I'm going to start season two after I record this with a special guest. In this wrestling game, in this wrestling game, at, uh, so the format of my show is we make the character and then we simulate a wrestling match with that character. Bef- as you simulate a wrestling match, the video game picks a random city in America to hold that wrestling match in. Like this is completely randomized by the city, and the city that this the video game literally on the episode that I'm recording between season one and season two of Hellier is Pikeville, Kentucky, which is where they stayed, a neighboring town. Like they that's literally their base of operations for the entire Hellier thing, that a neighboring weird. town. That's fucking weird, right? That one is weird, also because I didn't even know that that Pikeville, Kentucky would have been an option in a, like... Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, it's in Louisville, and that's Kentucky, yeah. like the thing. Ex- I'd be like, right. oh, that's exactly. not weird. It's weird. No, yeah, it's same. very small, like, they stay in a small town. Yeah. <laughs> it's not They a stay big... in the small town of Pikeville, and literally in between, like, season one and two, when I'm recording this episode of my show, the game decides to have the match be set in Pikeville, Kentucky. That is, I think that is something. That feels like something to me. That one does feel. Anyway, I bought, I bought a spirit box and I'm going to make Rosie use it. I'm really excited. I am going to use it. However, I do have to say, I will be very afraid. I. Yeah. My plan right now is I think, I think we should drive up to the Bridgewater Triangle, which is like an extremely dense supernatural activity triangle. That's like a 20 minute drive for me, like in Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, And we'll like, we'll use it on a bridge or something over there. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I, um. I'm a I'm a big 
I'm a big fan of like ghost stuff, especially I think yeah. I'm on the ghost side of this. And I know these aren't ghosts, um, but I'm excited to maybe meet a ghost, maybe meet a goblin. Maybe meet so here's here's what I sort of like. Ab- here's what I sort of like about it. I just sort of I like the idea because it's I love cryptid stuff and I've always loved cryptid stuff. People know this about me. I've loved cryptid stuff. Um, it's hard to be like, yeah, somewhere in Point Pleasant, there's a Mothman and he's just waiting somewhere until people see him. It's easier for me to think that maybe there are other dimensions and sometimes you get extra dimensional bleed. And sometimes you see stuff that's not, you know, in this reality on this earth, but you see stuff that exists on any number of other infinite dimensions that exist. And that sometimes the veil or whatever you want to call it lets you see through it. And it would make sense why it's located in certain geographic regions, why there's like, oh yeah, there's, there's things in this part of the world that makes it so sometimes people see stuff. That's easier for me to buy than like, oh, there's a monkey man and he lives in the woods. So I personally, as a monkey man who lives in the woods theorist, um, I very much am like Swamp Ape is real and he's in the swamp, Um, which (laughs) don't get me wrong. I I like the like uh, the 37th parallel stuff of this. I actually do think that it makes a lot more sense. However, my not real synchronicity I had while watching the show is I was on Twitter. I was on Twitter, like scrolling Twitter while I was watching the show. Because, you know, I'm a terrible millennial multitask. Sure. And it was it was the real boring episode where they were just talking about, like, and we went to the small town and we talked. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, obviously he used a fake name. At that point, I was like, yes, David doesn't exist. But they're like, we're walking through the town. I'm like, I don't know what you're planning to get from this. He obviously did not give you his real full name. I But great, go off. So... I was going on Twitter and on Twitter, the first thing I like refresh my newsfeed. And the first thing was an article. Someone had shared a BBC article about how they had found two new species in Australia. Okay. And I looked. Oh, the two, the two new bush babies. Well, not the bush babies, the, the, the glider thing, the, the opossum creatures. Yeah. The weird, like super uh, cute, extremely cute. Love them. Love them a lot. They look like really fucked up Muppets. I love them. I love them. Both of them are perfect little angels yes, and I would never absolutely. do for the world. Um, but I was reading, I like was like, ooh, and I clicked on that article and the first photo of that article, the way, they're very cute, these things. However, the the way that it was photographed, it looked yeah. almost exactly like one of the goblins that they had yeah. drawn in one totally. of the episodes. I was like, goblin yeah. face. And then I was like, no, that's yeah. a little, little tree panda or whatever the hopkinville goblin with the big with the big ears exactly yeah Yeah. it's like in the huge eyes it had like it's two huge eyes like pointing straight at the camera so it looks like they're on the sides of its head and it's really big and its face was like turned down it turns up its face yeah Uh but it turned it down so it had like looked straight into camera with these giant flaps behind it and these big eyes and this little tiny end of the face and i was like that's the goblin that's the kentucky goblins they found them they're in australia They're in Australia. No, the Mammoth Caves went all the way over the Mariana Trench, all the way to Australia. Oh, no. Um, yeah. But I was like, huh, that looks like the the yeah. goblins. And then I like, and then I looked up at the TV and they had flashed like a photo of the goblins again. Yeah. And I was like, goblins. So I kind of yeah. like, I get that. And it's like, that one wasn't weird enough to be like a true synchronicity. Sure, 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 sure. sure I sure, think sure. like you're supposed to really like feel it more, but I was like, oh, that's weird that like, that thing looks like the goblins and they're now talking about those goblins. Absolutely. I so agree. That, 
Yeah, mine was like, mine was maybe the skeptics one. Like, you got the real good synchronicities, and mine, I got the, the lame. The Pikeville one's fucking wild, though, right? Like, just the yeah. fact that it's like, oh, by the way, here's Pikeville, Kentucky. Literally the town they stay in to mount this investigation. Yeah, that one is that one is sp- specifically weird, I think. I'll I say think, this, too. I don't think your interested. tin can one is, I think your tin can one is also just pretty, like, is still pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. I just don't it's think. It's cool, it but no, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, it's the tin cool can- by itself. The tin can one to me, here's, and here's what, so they get into that. I'll just tell you, one of the things that, one of the things that Alan Greenfield says at the, in, in the interview in season two is like, if someone is leaving you, and this is a thing potentially that this show does a little bit wrong. If someone is leaving you like scratched marks on a tree to be like, Hey, come this direction. I'm going to leave you some marks so that you make your way to me on the tree. If you find a mark on the tree and you're like, wait, but what did, wait, but what, like, how did he make this one? Like, what what sharp utensil did this person use to make this mark? Instead of being like, oh, no, this was a mark, and now I go to the next one. I think if you spend too much time being like, wait, but how did they make the mark? You can lose the entire focus of the thing. So yeah. I, the, one of the things I like about all these synchronicities is the idea that, like, yeah, focus on it, figure out why it's weird. But if you spend too much time being like, why was this phone call 48 minutes? It's like, no, you're missing the point. The point is that like, yes, you're on the right path. Keep going. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I just think that in some ways, like if, and I think this is about them telling a cohesive story. Sure. Yeah. And they're not great about it is they give you information really really weirdly so honestly i think i'm gonna finish watching it and then re-watch it because a lot of the things that they're like so hung up on like don't mean anything and then the things that they brush over they come back like seven episodes later and they're like wait that was the thing and i'm like exactly yeah yeah. that was the thing how and it's weird to make a it's just a very weird way to make a tv show like it's a fine way to investigate the paranormal it's a really weird way to make a tv show that makes any if you're if you're interested in diving in more so this is the thing that jules found there's a podcast called penny royal that uh is from people who live in somerset and is like investigating some like some of the occult phenomena that like leads into and intertwines with hallier in a really interesting way and i will say this um there is tangible connections between some of the theoretical cult activity in Somerset, Kentucky that they talk about in season two with Richard Nixon, the JFK assassination, and literally Donald Trump. Like there's actually tangible connections that like these things are related to potentially some of the like the like people sacrificing like child abducting cult stuff that is potentially happening over there, which is wild. I mean, that I, and this is the crazy thing. I believe that lock, sock, and barrel. I don't even have to look. (laughs) Like, which is so crazy that I'm like, I don't know if I truly believe the way that they're doing this goblin hunting, right? And then I'll be like, ah, Richard Nixon and uh, like devil worship baby killings in the, in the, in Kentucky. Yep. A hundo percent. A hundo. It's really interesting. It's like really, int- I like, I recommend the podcast a lot. It's called Penny Royal. Uh, Penny Royal. I recommend lis- listening to it after you watch Hellier though, because like there's like Hellier spoilers in it. Um, but like the, the the way that some of these things are connected and the way that like some of these like weird finance things are all connected is is really, really interesting. And like, definitely, I don't know. I'm into it. I'm like, I'm fully bought in. If you can't tell from listening to this, I'm fully yeah. bought in. I'm, I bought a bunch of occult books. I've been reading a book about magic. 
that I'm trying to learn how I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I see my weird, my weird take on this is I believe in magic. I believe in the occult. I believe in ghosts. I believe in cryptids. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. some of the stuff in Hellier, I'm like, no. And that's a weird, that's such a weird part to take where I'm like, yeah, I'm into it all. I do think that their methods are a little strange and it makes me think some of their findings don't make sense. And it's like, Rosa, what? Well, no, I, I, but I think it's, I think that's, I think that's legit because it's like, you know, I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not watching this. I'm going to, I'm going to argue with you about stuff on this show because I genuinely disagree with you on some of the stuff, but then other stuff where it's like, yeah, they don't understand how VPNs work. Like, it, this shouldn't have, there shouldn't have been an episode dedicated to the fact that no one on the Allier crew understands VPNs. <laughs> I agree with that. In. And that they, they didn't, Yeah. they didn't just Google it when they got home and been like, oh, yeah. we should just, because here's the thing, they could have had them, they, they shoot this so weirdly unchronologically sometimes that yeah. they could have just, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they do confession style interviews and then they do like non, like in, in the shit stuff. And then they, they mix them together in ways that don't make sense chronologically. And I think a lot of this has to do with, they're not like, they're not looking at it through a storytelling thing. They're sure. looking through it just being like, well, this is how we get all the information. So, so it's very strange at moments where they like are six months in the future and then they cut like six months in the past and then they cut like to the present, but like at all within like minutes of the same episode. And it's very jarring at moments, but that none of them just like went home and Googled how easy use VPN. And it was easy. Yeah, and they yeah, were like, yeah. Oh, we should cut some of that out. Like here's my thing. Part I'm, of it I'm, I'm very charmed by the whole Hellier cast and crew. Like I'm, I'm into them. I like them a lot. I've interacted with them on Twitter in some ways. I tweeted a theory, Carl quote retweeted it, and it was very cool. I've had a lot of fun interactions with the with the crew of Hellier. Um, I'm very charmed by them in a way that it seems that you are not, which is fine. Um, I, I, I do, love Dana. I love the Dana's wife. Dana's great. I love Dana the rules. wife witch. I love yeah. Carl, who, yeah. while I said was kind of useless, I do not, I do not, <laughs> I find that very charming about Carl, because sure, he's always sure, like, sure. ah, we ran out of videotape. He'll just like yeah. be in the background and you'll hear, and no videotape. And you're like, ah, Carl, he's doing it again. He also just sure. like, sometimes, um, like during the spare box reading, they thought they were talking to him, but it actually is this whole other thing about injured Cole, which is very cool. But when he thought yeah. that a, like an extraterrestrial being was talking to him, his, like what he did was just like, laugh it off. I was like, I yeah. love Carl. Don't get me wrong. This is yeah, no yeah. Carl hate. However. Okay. Okay. All right. I do. Sometimes I'm like, Carl, what are you doing? Yeah, sure. Carl. Um, I love Dana. I love Carl. I'm pretty good with Connor. He, he seems like he's about to cry all the time where I'm just like, wanting Connor freaks out a lot in season two, especially. And it's, it's like very like, Oh, Connor. Oh, Connor. It's okay. It's okay. My guy. Um, I I really like how feral Tyler Strand is Tyler Strand. They add in season two. He's like one of their friends and he is the most feral man. Number one. And he comes in, in the first season. And I was like, I can already tell I need more of this man. And then season two comes in. (laughs) I was like, Tyler Strand is my favorite because it just seems like he only gets lost in the woods. Like anytime they <laughs> Tyler, it's like, yeah, I go into the woods by myself and then I get lost in those woods. <laughs> but Tyler, he's like, love yeah. being alone in the woods. I'm like, okay, I love that you yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he, yeah, I love Tyler. I have nothing bad to say about Tyler. Um, yeah, I just don't love the main guy. I like Greg. I like Greg. I, I even forgot his name. I named every single person of the cast except for Greg. You did name everyone else. I like Greg. 
he's fine i just he spirals on theories sometimes like he's like oh and then this 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 and this and i'm like greg no you've not <laughs> you've not substantiated this correct greg what anyway ultimately here's my thing i think that cryptids are potentially like bleed through of like ultra terrestrial stuff and like while yes rose and i are gonna go use a spirit box recording probably in the bridgewater triangle i think the big one and the big one in the future is i think we should go to the pine barrens and i think we should use a spirit box to try to like interact with the jersey devil that's the you big one i think that's, we are gonna find that jersey devil and i, I think we gotta do it i think okay so here's one of two ways this is gonna happen we do okay. contact the jersey devil and we have the best day ever the second version of this um, yes. ends with Rosa getting bit by a coyote. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm excited for it. I do yeah. think the second one is more probable that I accidentally Tyler Strand myself, aka get lost in the Pine Barrens and end up bit by a coyote that I think is the Jersey Devil. But I then do. what if you become a were-coyote? That'd be cool as hell. I'm going to yeah. put it, if I become a were coyote because we were doing a bit in the woods where I pretended to be Tyler Strand, <laughs> yes. No, that's yeah. the best case I would go. Yeah. Well, so. I think that's going to do it for us in what is literally the longest episode of Psychic Friends we've ever recorded. One where we didn't do any psychic stuff, but we did talk about some media that we like. Um, this one is rated S for spoilers. Yeah, I'll... Maybe I'll name that the title of the episode. I That's a bad title of an episode. We're usually bad. I don't. Have you seen the other ones? I'm not good at naming these episodes. Um, excuse me. I disagree. We have some amazing episode names that are better than rated S for spoilers. All right, fine. I'll put it in the description at the very least. Yeah. No, I I would put or maybe like just like a yeah, warn people that we're spoiling some things. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would. I I think if. Can I can I spitball some names? Sure. Uh, occult Dana. Did you not have, Did um, you not have any before you started? Before you asked that? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, okay. Um, I'm gonna say uh, character actresses with bad accents. Um, third sure. one. Yeah. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm real spitballing. Um, last Christmas I gave you a work by Aleister Crowley. That one is more conceptual. That's um, too long. That's too long. It doesn't I make feel. a lot of sense um spirit spirit boxes to channel the guy from crazy rich asians um the i'm trying to okay. mesh um yeah well i mean i do think these two things about are about the so hellier is very obviously about the paranormal last christmas is very sneak attack about the paranormal and they don't really get into the they never really get into the sheer horror of the fact that this person has been interacting and making out with a ghost for a number of days. And also that it's haunting her own heart. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Can you imagine if you got haunted by a ghost that was like, hey, you need to eat better and fuck less. I feel like that would be the worst possible haunting. You find a, you find a cool cryptid goblin and you're like, tell me your secrets. And they're like, hey, you shouldn't eat so much McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the anti-McDonald's goblin. Like, oh no. Oh no, my I thought this was gonna be cool. To warn us about heart disease. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Really dumb. All right, well, I've been Dash. (laughs) I guess I'm Rosa now. And you've been listening to Psychic Friends.
I was just trying to get this up because I could talk about Hellier for some days. Yeah, no, it's